0: Hello and welcome to episode 167 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories, one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with Brian Wayne of the Cheers to Comics podcast. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host
1: Noah.
2: Hey there, and it's Cheers to Comics! Because it's well, got an then. exclamation point at the end. Oh.
1: Yeah, that, actually, yeah, the exclamation point is important. It is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Brian, you were... Uh, you know, nice enough to have uh, Noah on your podcast when we were talking up our, our book, uh, um, Dino Thrashers. Dino we, Thrashers.
1: We yes. extended the
0: invitation uh, to you to to come on our podcast. I'm really excited about this. Um, but as we get started, could you give us a quick bio about yourself, and maybe then after that, a uh, a quick elevator pitch on the things that you like to do. On Cheers to Comics. <laughs>
1: well, no, it's um... Cheers to
2: Comics. That's it's, what it is. Yeah, yeah. As
1: long as you're excited at some point oh, okay. in the word, it doesn't matter. It's yeah, just gosh. about the excitement.
2: I like picking on Matt just for any reason I possibly can.
1: I'm <laughs> well, a jerk um,
2: like that. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's what co hosts are
1: for, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have that luxury. Uh, so, <laughs> um, you know, I, first of all, Matthew and Noah, thank you so much for having me on. I'm flattered to actually be the guy to sit back and be interviewed. I, I do interviews, uh, up the yin-yang and I love it. I love every bit of it. Um, but, uh, to, to actually be brought on and be interviewed myself, I think that's the, uh, um, uh, about as humbling as it gets for me. So from podcaster to podcasters, uh, right on man. Um, thank you. Um, now as far as a bio goes, uh, I, 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 can give you the quick bio. I have an extensive bio when it comes to the ins and outs of comics for me and where it's landed throughout my, uh, my life and how it's become a career but for the most part I was a kid that never really had comics at all I I stumbled upon a bunch of uh, Marvel trading cards as a kid and that's how I started getting my knowledge I would read the back of the cards and then I decided I wanted to draw them and then um, you know I I always that that was my first uh, intro into art and then from there it just kind of Art was always a big part of my life in no real big way, if that makes sense. I never did anything with it or aspired to do it. I just was always an appreciator. And then fast forward about 20 years and I find myself in a, uh, in a relationship that I just, uh, I, I'm questioning uh, hardcore. And uh, there's this, uh, this big media outlet that was going out of business and they had this massive uh, com- comic book section, it was called Hastings. And uh, they were going out of business and I walked out of there with a short box worth of comics and paid like $21. And I thought, well, comics are the most, I mean, I finally have comics, man. This is-, this is cool, I've always enjoyed them. Now I actually have some comics. And it was during uh, the time Marvel was doing Civil War II. So some would argue probably not the best time to be introduced to comics, but um, being a uh, lifelong fan of Iron Man and Iron Man being the center point of Civil War II, I'm, I'm hooked. you know. And uh, from there, I fell in love with indie comics. Um, and then eventually, while I was in this relationship and finding these comics and going through and reading them and loving them, I realized uh, holy crap! There's something that I like more than this girl. As a matter of fact, something I love more than this girl, and this is what I want to do with my life now. So, comics gave me the the leg up to to move on and take that scary leap of you know insecurity again. Um, so I I did that, and then it pushed me forward, and then slowly I started developing a pull list and um, just subscribing to more and more each week, and um, Uh, a couple years ago i'm at a modest mouse concert at red rocks with a friend and he says man i want to start a podcast but i don't know what to talk about and in my head i'm like i don't know what the hell a podcast is i don't have apple or i don't use itunes or anything this is how ignorant i am like i thought i always associated a podcast with ipod so apple never used an iphone so i thought i don't i don't think i'd ever be able to do this uh, but he got my gears going cause I thought, well, I, you know, I want to talk about something and there's nothing I love more right now than comics. And, um, I started listening to podcasts. I started listening to Bill Burr and things like that, you know, uh, solo podcast comedians. I, I, that's, that's where I was really getting my inspiration from. And then a few interview types of podcasts, and uh, I, then I just pitched him a couple of days later and said, "Hey, man, how would you feel about a comic book podcast?" And he said, "Well, I haven't been reading comics, but I, I remember comics." And I said, "Well, we'll approach it this way." Uh, a couple of weeks later, we have a podcast. Uh, we go about 15 episodes before we realize, you know, I'm. I got a, a little bit too much of a work ethic for most people my aspirations were really high and you know he just said this is your baby go ahead and take it and uh you know shout out to Justin Jones man if it wouldn't you know I, if it wasn't for him you know I, I probably wouldn't be here now but and then since then this has been my journey man this has been my life I'm sorry you asked for the short
2: bio but that, that's no. about as short as it gets for me really I, I <laughs> you're you're great you're golden uh well, you brought up Hastings and that like made my heart ache yeah because uh, I grew up in Missouri and that was like in this little town and I was actually just talking with my siblings about this that there was nothing to do but go to Hastings back in the day like that was like a huge part of my childhood so yeah thank you for taking me back down the nostalgia trip but it's, right on but it's also cool to uh, to hear how you get into podcasting, how you got into comics. Um, when did uh, like so? When did like so you so when you guys started the podcast? Was it just you two? reading a specific comic reviewing that comic or or, or something no, like that no
1: no it was it was all about new books to me my okay. my, my whole goal was to get people starting pull lists, um getting into what's new because you know the the loudest people right now are on the internet are the ones that are the most negative as saying you know it's oh it's already been done before and blah 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 but you know some of those people weren't alive when it was being done then so i i argue it's it's, it's okay for it to you know new people to still get into it and it it drives me nuts when people try to divert people out of that um i I felt so many other podcasts out there their their direction was more talking about what they didn't like uh, as opposed to what was good out there and i thought well you're not doing anybody any good at all except coming off kind of like a troll with a platform Mm -hmm um so I, I wanted to just talk about what was new every week so i mean i i had a i have a pretty extensive pull list i'm not gonna lie it's it's more than really any human should um subject themselves to i, I come home with about 35 new books every week wow. and i read at least 75 percent of them nice. um uh, uh, just because you know part part of me it's it's a little ego i want to be the 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 guy that just knows everything i want people to feel comfortable coming to me for any question at all when it comes to comics, especially modern comics, I guess that's kind of the, really the only thing I want out of this was just a little, that, that ego, but for the most part, it's it, it's all about wanting to to expand uh, comics in itself and get more people into it and reading it so the the premise of the podcast to circle back and answer your actual question was we I would pick you know I'd start out with a new segment because you know current events and with comics it's you know, a few minutes and where it was always strictly comic books never talking about anything beyond the written illustrated, anything else um that that's one thing that i felt separated my my comic book podcast from other air quote comic book podcasts that might talk about a comic that was coming out but not necessarily i mean really talking about comics they're more worried about the next phase in the mcu and things like that i'm sure everybody cares about that but um i want more people to care about comics themselves and uh from there it got to the point where um one of the things that kind of drove me and justin apart was uh one of the i said well it would it would be so cool to have john layman on this podcast uh because he, he's a hero of mine chew is my favorite indie comic ever written potentially possibly my favorite series ever in comics ever and then i said you know it, w- it would be even cooler t- to get like someone like rob guillory on this podcast and then i start well, how are we going to do an interview type of podcast I said, well, I'll figure this out. And then <laughs> he, when as soon as he scoffed, I realized you don't have faith in this. And that was when I first started to realize, okay, I, I want you to, you know, I, I'm going for this. I, I, I can't be held back at all. And, you know, like I said, we grace, gracefully parted ways professionally. But since then, um, well, I mean, less than a year from that time, I've had Rob Guillory and John Layman on my podcast. Very and nice. I, you know, so, I mean, it's, from there, it turned into an interview type of podcast. And then I also make sure that people are in the know of um, uh, what's coming out. So I have my polis priorities that comes out every Friday and I pound the FOCs, the final order cutoffs into people's head, the importance of pre-ordering books. Um, on all levels so I I I really want to talk about every aspect there is to talk about when it comes to comics and then I'll go through and do what I call a trade negotiations episode where I'll pull up an old volume of a past series that's been completed and that'll be about as far as back issue diving as I'll really go into but I mean for the most part it's it's all about what's current in comics sorry about that long rambling rant once again
0: (laughs) No, that's, that's, that's That's what we like. Um, So you're, you follow a sort of a release schedule where you have like certain days where certain topics are are covered. Is that, is that how you do it?
1: Yeah. Monday is what I call my bonus episode day. And 95% of the time it's a creator corner. That's where you're going to find the Dino Thrashers um, uh, talk, you know, on Mondays. Then I have my midweek episode and that's where i go through it you know it'll come out a wednesday or a thursday ish um it really just kind of depends on how thick my stack is to be honest um like i said i read a lot of books and i take extensive notes on all of this stuff so it's very time consuming it's not like i'm just flipping pages real quick i make sure i I really uh digest uh what what i'm reading so i you know if i even if i wanted to i can go back and just Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's what happens in that book and cross-reference and everything. So it, it is very time consuming. So my wi- my midweek episode, that's where I'm going to go over current events and my overviews. And, uh, and I, I stress the word overview over review. There, it's very rare that I'm reviewing a book. I only talk about the things that I like um once again i try not to be that troll every once in a while i'll have a feeling about something but i'll also back it up and say that doesn't mean i'm saying don't go out and buy this just because i don't like it doesn't mean it's bad there's a lot of stuff out there i don't like because i have a strange taste in comics but it sells hundreds of thousands of copies um so I, i i always try to keep that positive uh um, way throughout my show even when I do slip up and like I say I might have a feeling but most of the time if I have a feeling about something it's never towards a creator very very rarely towards a creator it might just be towards a a decision that a publisher's making or the way they go about doing something but like I said that's not taking any any food out of any creator's mouths when I have an opinion in that sort. Um, and then Fridays, that's uh that's my pollist priorities episode. That's when I go through and I pound the, the final order cutoffs, the FOCs into people's heads. I let them know what needs to be ordered by the certain dates, and I'm very specific with that. And then uh I, I tell them what's coming out on Wednesday, what to expect. Um and then I, you know, in between I, I talk speculation. Uh, as well i think I, I don't just cater to uh one type of comic book enthusiast and there's several types there's collectors and there's readers i i definitely make sure that uh i i also cater to um speculators and things like that and you know i also kind of lay the boundaries as what uh i i don't want to consider myself or come off like a gatekeeper but there's Certain type of speculators that I'll uh, some may frown upon. Those are the ones that I uh, coined the term uh, "shelf dwellers." They hang out by the shelves on Wednesdays, just knowing that something's hot, but they didn't want to make the effort to pre-order it. They pick up the stack, completely kill their uh, their, their local market, and they make a killing and profit off of that. Or there's the people that the, the type of speculators that pay attention because they're reading. They they can anticipate certain events happening and things like that so um I, I don't know i i i definitely make speculation a big part of the show as well i, I, I like I, I admire collectors just as much as a readers
2: because i'm i'm both equally as well yeah would you have an example of sort of a, a speculation that you've like you you make if you wouldn't mind giving just sort of a preview of that like oh, sort of yeah sh- sure um all the time
1: a first appearance type of book or a uh, sometimes it's really just a feeling about something, a certain cover that I think that may have been underordered. and that you know mm-hmm. when when things are underordered, once again, people not pre-ordering their books, um, then that that gives the uh, the secondary market the upper hand to just charge whatever the hell they want. Um, every once in a while, I'll make a call on that. And I mean, I'm not saying I'm always right. I'm no guru. I'm no Mad Money expert or anything like that. This is all, like I say, speculation. Um. Uh. So uh, I I went out and I picked up a, a a bunch of uh Wolverine number sixes because I just uh, I was uh, um this this character solemn when someone says Wolverine's next big bad could be a thing, I say, well, I mean, Wolverine hasn't had a big bad since Sabretooth, really. Let's see what the Solemn character is about. So I went and I pre-ordered five of the A covers and two of the B covers. And then uh, you see that his uh, Solemn's first cover appearance is on um, X-Force number seven. So I ordered two X-Force covers as well. And now those covers are selling over cover price. It's not No one's rich off of them yet. But then uh, in oh, New York Comic-Con Live, Benjamin Percy, he's doing a, a panel, an X panel or the X uh, sword, or 10 of Swords panel. And he comes off and says that this solemn character is not going to be a flash in the pan type of thing. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's from his mouth himself. And so I even put up a, I think I put up a tweet of just all of the i, I had no I, I honestly i didn't realize i pre-ordered that many of that book when i they showed up in my box I was like, what the hell <laughs> but um, I, so i posted a picture of it and benjamin i said i got a feeling about this benjamin percy retweeted it and so i mean yeah sure it's those are the types of little things i play the long game for sure every once in a while a book will blow the hell up but usually the books that blow way up really fast drop really really hard and end up breaking more hearts than anybody's so i i I prefer
2: the long game for sure that's really great that's got to be cool to sort of uh meet the creators through the collecting you know yes and and the reading too because i think creators really value that um they value their fans but they also value the collectors as well because you know more often than not i would say that you you are you aren't the exception to the rule as far as collectors go most collectors love what they read, you know, at least the best ones do. And so that, that's gotta be, do you, do you find that you meet a lot of the people you interview that way just by getting excited about the books they're putting out? Oh, absolutely. Um, But uh, more often than not, it really
1: is. I I meet more people by my excitement through what I've read uh, over collecting for sure. Uh, I mean, it's, it's probably like a 95 to five ratio. I, and I, I think, i would just guess that uh um creators probably appreciate the uh the reader more than the collector even though they're going to make more money off of the collector when it comes to the speculators continuing to purchase multiple copies of their book um I, i i think in the long run i think they want people reading their books over buying their books if that makes sense um i i I don't know that but
2: that's just my own perspective on that that's all yeah that's a really interesting perspective
1: that's so a good perspective yeah
2: well thanks, thanks. yeah like
1: you get
0: those say 30 to 45 books and you come back from the store and you you sit down to read um do you I'm just wondering do you sort of group them together do you say hey like Marvel titles I'm going to read these all together I'm going to read all the Spider-Man sort of family things together so that helps you sort of when you're doing that review or that overview you're sort of like in that universe and it's like easier to compare notes that like spider-man's this is going on in the in the silk book this is going on so do you do you group your reading together
1: i do yeah um for uh, for a couple of reasons a lot of it is uh, ocd on my end um but <laughs> for some people i mean i know there's people out there that just swear that marvel sucks but they love image in dc so I, I I give listeners the opportunity to, I mean, even though I I respect it, I don't agree with it, uh, I, but I give listeners the opportunity to just say, okay, he's, he's starting to talk Spider-Man, so I'm just going to skip ahead until I start hearing about Batman or okay. Chew or whatever. Um, so I, I do group them together, yes. As far as the order in which I do it... Uh, I, Sometimes it's based off of my most anticipated book Mm -hmm. and and when I want to read it, or maybe my most anticipated book, I just know it's going to get spoiled for me. So I got to read it first. And I always talk about books in the order in which I read them, because that's how I take my notes. Like I said, I got OCD. Uh, So uh, um, it's different every time. Sometimes I'll start with DC and with Marvel, Indies in between. It, it, it really does
2: vary. Yeah. Do you find that certain weeks, like, I guess it's just sort of like your most anticipated stuff. Like what do you find is sort of like the more consistent thing that you are like really anticipating? Is it sort of the first appearances or is it the variance? Is it sort of like, I guess if image, it's sort of more creator based, right? So like you're anticipating sort of Rob Guillory's next book right something like that uh, so what w- what's that like um for your anticipation
1: well uh usually my anticipation is uh 95% of the time it is more towards an indie you know like last ronin is always you know that's going to be a, an always highly anticipated book yeah. um uh, crossover I couldn't wait to read crossover, but I waited till the end because I wanted the end of my podcast to totally be all pure and excitement at the end because I knew I was going to be stoked on it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, it, it, uh, but at the same time, Three Jokers was always highly anticipated for me, even though it was kind of a book I had feelings about, I was always still very, very interested in. I, I always wanted to know what the, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it really does vary as far as uh, knowing a first appearance is coming up that doesn't always drive my anticipation you know um except for maybe in vader this week Hmm. and uh Darth vader the first appearance of uh ochi of bastoon a sith assassin um the the cliffhanger at the end of issue six had me like legitimately audibly grunting at the end of it and then um yeah so i i I did save vader this week for last for the sake of a first appearance so there's always exceptions with me i'm random as hell man i like Mm -hmm. to keep it i like to keep a format but at the same time uh randomized chaos at the same sense so i'm not too predictable uh i don't know it's um that's just part of me i guess not having anybody saying hey dude you need to be more formal i have nobody like this is i do all of my editing everything i don't have anybody saying i would change this every once in a while i'll have a listener say hey you uh like had a weird 90 seconds of uh dead space in this particular part and something will happen technically right but as far as that goes that's that's the only criticism i get so i, I don't i just kind of wing it man
2: that's yeah I get that. Well, we get that. We, that's all we do. Yeah. That kind of thing. Like we, we have Matt, Matt writes up the script which sort of gives a rough out sort of like a rough idea of where we're going to go, but then we just start talking. And yeah. I mean safe.
0: the beginning and the ends are just sort of what we have to sort of yeah. keep us on track. But once we sort of get into the middle, it's wherever, wherever we go from, from there. And it's for, especially the interviews uh, with creators. We're never quite sure
1: uh how they're gonna go or what we're gonna find out like isn't you know, that the- nerve-wracking as hell man especially when you're in a, I mean how, how often do you guys interview a creator i'm gonna ask a question now how often do you guys <laughs> interview a creator where you've like you don't get the opportunity to really read anything of theirs they're a complete newbie i mean um, how, I how hard that. is that to put together
0: it's it's, it's, it's hard yeah, it's, 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 I would say it's about half, half and half. Um, You know, a lot of times if I reach out and I say, Hey, do you got, do you got a preview copy um, that I can read up? So I can, I can be ready to interview you. I, I'll get it. And then the other half of the time, it's like, all I have is the stuff that's on my Kickstarter page. Yeah. So then, you know, I got five pages. And, you know, we'll get rolling and maybe by like the second or the third question, you know, Noah and I will hear something that we find really interesting. And then we can sort of, build the interview there and we've been really lucky um, uh, that uh, you know we've it's a lot of indies and it's a lot of creators and it's a lot of people that we can relate to personally so a lot of times the the conversation is like hey how do you do this because you know I'm wondering because I want to improve on that so like a lot of times um, we're able to have that sort of creator to creator sort of conversation would helps and um yeah you know it, it is a little it, it is a little nerve-wracking to do an interview I mean we've done 160 some of these and every time cool. I get started I'm worried that I don't have anything to say and then that little red recording light comes on and I'm like well here we go I gotta I gotta do it um but uh yeah it's it's it that it, that helps us out to just sort of um, approach it with as a creator to creator and just sort of feel out and try to find something interesting to sort of build off of
2: and it's also a learning experience like like every all my major knowledge of comics and making comics comes from this podcast and interviewing creators so that leads me into my next question for you how do you approach your interviews when you do when you do them with creators on your podcast
1: <clears throat> well uh, the <sighs> that's an awesome question i i i i start out with an origin story as one should you know the who the what the when the why and um and that, that's my way of gauging them you know and from there i either go into alert mode where i realize okay i'm gonna have to be doing a lot of talking here or um i i I know that I could just sit back and let, let these guys carry the interview themselves for the most part. Um, so, uh, really the, the origin story is the most important part for me. Um, but as far as, having uh, backup questions just in case, I really do pride myself on digging deep, deep, deep into the internet and stalking who I'm, I'm reading uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> beforehand. I mean, I, 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 I want to know where they went to school. I, I, I really do try to know everything about them. Uh, so if need be, I, I do bring that stuff up and maybe hopefully somehow spark some some sort of you know uh enthusiasm out of it and i i get it a lot of people that i interview they're they're coming on doing a podcast for the first time you know and i understand that and th- they're nervous and it's it's whatever so it, um I, I take all of that into a into account um <laughs> man there's there's so much thought that goes into these these interviews there really is i do pride myself on this i have this uh sick aspiration to just uh i mean this i want to use interviewing comic book creators to eventually i don't think i've ever said this out loud before so um i host some sort of talk show of some sort to get to the point where i'm interviewing anybody and everybody you know i i I guess i'm a huge stern fan so i admire the shit out of his ability to interview Um, i I listen to stern religiously (laughs) um and that's uh, i'm not saying i want to be the next turn i'm definitely going to be the first brian wayne though that's for damn sure and you definitely Um, are well i well i appreciate that man but in the meantime i'm I'm using the thing that i I enjoy and love and admire more than anything on this planet comics to prove that i am enthusiastic about what i love and um yeah i lost the question there i just started rambling again (laughs) no that's
2: great well like in you proved well well, you said everything that sort of we love about interviewing people where we love uh very rarely do we get the person that we know we have to be doing most of the work as far as questions go uh we've been really lucky to have people like you on where we do sort of let them take you know their story and their their let their passion sort of fuel the interview as it goes and that's i totally get it and um yeah, very relatable in, in, in the approach, um, as far as just, you know, letting it, letting it start at the love of comics is so important. Yeah. And l- l- then just not that af- everything after that is just, you know, it just all falls into place.
1: And oh, absolutely. And I'm not saying that I've, I, I've had to, you know, uh, uh, dig myself out of a hole very often. I, I've been very, very grateful myself. Um, uh, I, I, the other day I had an interview, uh, it was two hours with somebody I've never actually read their work before the, the I mean, I, I'll, I'll go, uh, Chuck Pino, uh, the, the dude is now one of my favorite humans on the planet. I didn't realize, well, I thought I'd never read his work. It turns out he's edited so many comics that I read and yeah, it was just comics are a small world, man. Um, but uh, so it. it You can't automatically assume that just because you don't know anything about this person that it's going to be a tough interview, because honestly 95% I keep using the term 95% or the the number 90 but that's that's really is probably a legitimate number. I've been very, very grateful and lucky to have these types of odds but I talk to great, amazing people. I, I do, uh, and on the flip side, when I'm preparing for somebody massive, like one my my favorite, you know, the Rob Guilleries, the John Laymans, the you know, I'm, drop a couple more Matthew Rosenberg's and Mark Rose. Oh, <laughs> um, nice. uh, I, I I don't. I have to approach it like a at this like they've done this a million times before so i have to try to find something i have to at least get in one question that's going to make them kind of step back and lay back in their seat for a second gosh oh, crap i haven't i haven't thought about that yeah so uh that that's that's always my biggest challenge for sure is obviously the big names you want them to want to come back you want them to repost the episode you don't want them to just forget that they did that thing or regret that they did that thing and yeah. so um once again it, it really goes into being a stalker on the internet <laughs> and uh, um yeah yeah it's uh, but i'm gonna I, I really do love talking to creators and it really i could be in the crappiest mood having the crappiest week but i know when wednesday comes when i when it's time for me to talk to people um i'm I, i'm gonna I'm gonna be pumped. I'm gonna be enthusiastic. and it's it's not a character that I play either. you know, this is really who I am. I'm always enthusiastic about comics. Uh, I, I'm it's uh, this is really what I believe I was born to do, man. It's talk to people about it, get new creators out there, give them a pedestal and at the same time, um, try to uh, provoke uh, the the big dogs in some way. I don't don't know in a good way, obviously, but, you know, get them to to realize that we are listening and we, we, we have thoughts, good thoughts about their work. So,
0: yeah. So I I have two questions for you. Um, One is going to be sort of like uh, back to, to picking up your books at the LCS. Do they have, do you have one LCS uh, and are they aware of, your your podcast like so is there any conversation like when they hand the books over to you that you know these books are going to be discussed and that you could maybe move the needle a little bit? Well, there? here's
1: the deal: is there's no way I can move the needle at my LCS because my LCS is the biggest comic book shop in the world, uh, Mile High Comics. Okay. Um, oh wow! So I, I'm I'm very very lucky to be in Denver and have them as my LCS for sure. And no, they do not sponsor this podcast. They do not sponsor anything. Uh, but I am. I'm proud to say that I get my books from Mile High Comics. Uh, uh, Their discount program is ridiculous, especially for what I spend, obviously. So that's part of the reason I'm able to afford all of this is because of their discount program um so no they they let me leave a pile of my stickers at the front door um if somebody mentions the word podcast in there they say hey there's some stickers over there but as far as active uh promotion no i've had chuck rosansky on the podcast though the owner of the store um so he that that was that was an incredible interview that i mean that that man is a wealth of knowledge and that's um something that i'm also you know privileged to be able to be around at any given time too, being so close to that place. Uh, so I, I know a lot about the economics of comics because of mile high comics. Um, and that's where I feel comfortable being able to talk about speculation and things like that.
2: Nice. That's gotta be great. Yeah, it is. I,
1: I'm, I really am privileged in being a, a, a comic book enthusiast in Denver or and right outside of Denver, but
2: close enough.
1: It's a 15 minute
2: drive. That's really great. I didn't. I, I. I've. I've heard. I've heard whispers of Denver's comic scene, and I've never been to it. That's now, yeah, like I've always wanted to go just to check it out. But now I'm it's definitely moved up the list of places to go. Oh, it's forty five thousand square feet of comics, man. There's a
1: million comics <laughs> yeah. just in the ocean. Nine millions in the nine million in the back of the warehouse. It's wow. it's unbelievable.
2: It sounds like heaven on earth. It is. It really yeah. is.
1: Um, and I swear, I didn't get paid to say any of that. <laughs> yeah. So my my, my follow up question was
0: something that you had mentioned earlier that, you you know, you started the podcast and you were you were taking it in, in a certain direction. And then you said you wanted to do interviews and, you know, you wanted to talk to the guys from Chew um did you sort of try to figure out a way to to contact those guys and then like what was it like when you first got that yes that i I want to come on your podcast so tell us a little bit about that
1: well okay so i'm a seed planner um I, i i play is um oh i can't think of the word uh just on the spot as i like to be um i i don't know why i can't think of the word but um uh I I I was smart enough to know that with these guys I can't screw it up. So I I, I my my proof was in the pudding. It started with grooming John Layman, and I say grooming, uh, <laughs> in, a, in a very weird way, but not. I don't know. I just sounded weird in my head when I said it out loud. Uh, so, like I said, my proof was in the my poll list. Actually, I I was very social. With what I was bringing home every week, and when you, you bring home every single thing that John Layman does, uh, eventually you try to hope you get his attention. And I I, I know that John Layman is a very uh, um, negative towards himself type of person, so I feel uh, you know he, people he, people give him shit all the time. So I want to be somebody that stands out on social media that says John Lehman's the shit. So I kept buying Outer Darkness. I posted every every week that Outer Darkness came out. Grabbed it. And then um, uh, eventually I caught him on a day on social media where it seemed like he was in a good mood. So I, I, after about nine months' time, I jumped, I I bit. And he said yes. And well, you know what? I take that back. It was, uh, I, I did. An entire, like I said, I did these trade negotiations episodes where I'd go through and I'd take the, um, a single volume of a completed story arc and just give it a full-on run-through. And it just so happened that I did all 12 volumes of Chew. But when I got to volume four of posting it, he, that, he reached out to me and said, hey, these are really neat. I like what you're doing um, when you're done or even when you get halfway. Um, let's, let's talk about this. And at that point I I was, I was shaking. I remember exactly where I was. Uh, I I was only two and a half months into the podcast. I'm remembering this better now. Um, But I continued to keep buying the outer darkness and posting all of that. And I never bothered them until I finally, it took me about six months later. I finally got to the end or did the 12th volume of the trade negotiations of Chu. And then I, I put it out there and I sat and I waited to see if he noticed. And two weeks went by and I thought, okay, well, shucks. Uh he hasn't noticed. So I'm just gonna try to maybe message him back. And I did. And then about a week later he said, let's let's do this. And then yeah, I, I pooped a little bit. <laughs> and then I got a I got an interview with uh, with, with, with layman and uh this is one of my proudest things on this podcast and then next up i gotta i gotta get gillory right i thought i've never even heard gillory on a podcast obviously he had done podcasts, but i he hadn't been doing them recently or that i had heard and i'm a stalker i would know so, <laughs> um uh he he, he put up the, I, I followed him on facebook and he put up this post that said, when you go to drop a book on your pull list, what are the grounds for that usually? And I said, well, I pick up a lot of books and it it, it takes so much for me to drop a book. Um, and I it came back, well, how many do you pick up? And I said, well, 25, 35. And he said, well, and then he tried to you know throw shade at me. And I thought, oh shit. He said, well, how much of this do you actually um comprehend so you know i told you i take ocd notes on everything i shot him a screenshot of all of my notes on every single chapter of chu all 60 <laughs> chapters and he said respect gave me a respect gift i thought all right i got this uh <gasps> Week later, he said something. Uh, he put up something about farmhand and I said, can you please come on and talk about this? He messaged me immediately. He says, when do you want to do this? I pooped. <laughs> 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 uh, and uh, yeah, man, I'm not saying, you know, I haven't had bigger creators since but those guys really are my heroes in comics right now i'll go on record to say i think sam keith is my favorite person that's ever done comics but i don't even though he finally just came out with batman the max i don't consider him really working in comics so much anymore mm-hmm. um he's just kind of he cameos in comics if you will um but rob Guillory and john layman as writers are easily on my mount Rushmore. Or, or and artists well i guess guillory as a writer now as well um i mean those uh, to this day I, I don't have any other second thoughts i was very afraid to meet my heroes i was so scared man because these guys are my heroes and I'm, I'm happy to say that i could still shoot a dm over to john layman and uh, get little inside predictions on things and him give me winky faces and stuff like that and <laughs> Um. yeah, Guillory's still the man. So uh, it's, once again, I, I really, I have been privileged. I don't know if I, I've just been lucky. I don't like to, I don't consider myself lucky, but I, I made sure that I, I, I tried to be very meticulous. So I guess that's a very long way of saying I I planted very, very deep seeds and I, uh, it I, I grew, man, it grew. Do you yeah. think,
0: do you think like that, that first Big guest get is sort of uh, a way of one stepping up and two proving to to other uh, creators that you have you know the chops as an interviewer and that you that you're serious about this to to come on. Do you feel like you know once you sort of achieve that first you know guest that works on a image book a DC book that it that it at one it elevates you and two it shows you know to the other creators that might be considering it. If they go over to your page and they scroll down and they see a bunch of names of, you know, their peers and folks that they recognize, do you feel that that, that helps you?
1: Uh, absolutely. Yes. I- I'm very industry aware. I understand how tiny this big, big industry is. And it- it's all word of mouth, you know, and Matthew Rosenberg puts out or retweets the episode that he was on and says, I had a lot of fun in my eyes. I'm going, well, that dude is followed by a lot of people that I want to have on my podcast. Um, so yeah, it, it, it's it really is win win for me. I mean, beyond just the get, it, it's it, it builds a resume as well. Um, I, I but you know, I like I said, it's not that I, I try to go out and I, I I don't aspire to get that whale, you know, I I, I it's it's always just the the right moment type of thing right now, the right moment has been in a time of crisis, allowing indie creators to promote their Kickstarters. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's, that's where my focus is right now. You know, if uh, somebody massive wants to come on and reaches out to me, absolutely. Or, you know, every once in a while I'll reach out to someone that did a Marvel or a DC book that blew my mind and say, Hey, how would you feel about it? And I'm, I'm planting those seeds and continue to do it. But, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm also industry aware. And right now, I think the industry, what we need most are independent comics. The Marvel and the DC books are going to sell themselves. And I think Kickstarter is just dominating the independent comic scene right now. So, um, yeah, I'm grateful to say that I am lined up out of my ears with uh, creators coming up that want to come on the show, independent creators. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I kind of forgot what the question was again.
2: <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah, it was a great. Uh, it's great. It's just it's always good just to get into the mindset of people who love comics. It's such a great. It's a it's a great space to be in. And we we talked about this when you had us on the show that, um, you know that they're like stand up comedians and comics creators where it's like, you know, they're not doing it for acclaim or money or anything like that because there's just not much of it like or at least to get to that point is so hard right you you don't get the like sort of instant recognition you can say that about anything but you know like
1: but there are some things you definitely have to work a lot harder at you know uh,
2: objectively
1: there's 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 yeah it's very hard to be a privileged comedian yeah you know um you're because you're either funny or you're not uh people don't laugh if, if, if it's not real, that's just not how it's going to be. And I think comic creators are the same way, you know, there, there's very few creators out there that got by just based off of who their daddy was, you know, you, you, you have to be good at it. So, you know, and I, and I, this part of the reason I respect this, this industry so much. And yeah, the, the, when, when somebody's shining to me, man, it's, I, I make it, my my goal to to if i can get someone out there that had no idea about it even if it's just one new person to jump on their kickstarter then to me i feel i i feel like i didn't waste anybody's time i'm i'm doing what i what i'm set to do on this you know my my, my life's work get comics into people's unsuspecting hands and uh yeah it's. it's I, man I'm getting all giddy I really do love this man <laughs> <laughs> and
2: great. I think- well, that's that's why and then, and to sort of wrap up my, my my thought that's why we do this is just to talk about stuff that we love and people we know you're only doing this because you love it you know yeah. that's you know you might get some you might get some like uh you know listeners who now know who you are you might get some level of fame you might if you're an artist you might get some level of acclaim and you know and, and, or a writer that kind of thing you might get some level of that and uh, you know but you're like I was even I was listening to an interview with Scott Snyder the other day and he was just like, no we don't make much, we don't make much money no. off of, of writing these books and he's Scott Snyder you know and right. no, uh, it's, it's the IPS that they sell off of them man like, yeah it's... and it's and it's uh, and even then that's no guarantee that you're going to be right. able to sell IPS. Right. So it's like, so you have to have that love to fuel, mm-hmm. you know, what you do in this industry. Yeah,
1: no, and that's that's another reason why I, I, I bring on indie creators, because, you know, I'm not here to just uh, blow smoke up all these guys' butts and say, you, you're, you're the next big thing. I also, you know, I, I have no problem calling someone out if I'm not feeling it. You know, I mean, not in a bad way, but, you know, just kind of when I ask the questions I do, it's it's not just for the sake of getting the answers. It's to kind of know where they're at in the mindset of making comics. And yeah. If Someone comes on to say, you know, I'm, I'm making this because I, I want to make a movie. I'm like, no, you, you want to make movies. You don't want to make comics. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, it's, it's so listeners kind of know what those, they're dealing with. It's not always to celebrate. A creator, and once again, well, I'll go as far as to say, 99% of my interviews have been for the right reason, you know. um, But that 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 exception, you know, I'm not afraid to to. I want the creators to show their true colors. That's why at the end of the podcast, when I do these interviews, I'll ask what I call my white bread questions. The questions is there going to be asked a million times and they got to get used to them being asked, but I, I find to be very vital. And it's like, who's the best protagonist in comics antagonist. And then I'll ask something that's um, kind of personal that I, I pulled out of the interview. You know, someone said the first comic they ever read was X-Men number one, because they snuck into their room as an, or snuck into their uncle's room as an eight-year-old. I'm like, well, that's, that, that's, that's gnarly. <laughs> who's your favorite X-Men, you know? And that's, I, but I, It's so much more than just getting the answer as to knowing why, how that answer came about, you know, and just as somebody that is very analytical with this industry, I only want the best for it. So that's what I want to show. And uh, it really is kind of a filtration process as well for me. It's, it's, I don't know. A lot of it is, um, really, uh, selfish because this is my industry and i want it to be the best (laughs) uh that's 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 all it is i just want it to be as good as it could be so i try to to sift out what what shouldn't be and i'm not like i said i'm not trying to be a gatekeeper by any means but the the things that are objective the people that definitely shouldn't or that are doing it for the wrong reasons um that's that's the thing you know and I, i say it all the time you don't go into comics to make money that's that's not what it is you go and do it to make people smile that's yeah that's the only reason you should be doing it
2: yeah definitely yeah and um uh that that leads me to well i don't know if we're wrapping up yet matt um but uh i do want to ask the questions that you normally ask people on your podcast at some point so you can give our listeners a little peek into what brian wayne's uh white bread answers would be oh so, i love it yeah yeah but. yeah
0: well I, I have I have one more and then maybe we'll we'll finish up with that. Um, I think one thing that's unique about comic books and comic book podcasting is the accessibility that we have to the creators yes. like I love Stephen King books, but if I tweet at Stephen King, he's not gonna he's not gonna tweet back at he's not gonna tweet back at me. he's just gonna i'm I'm one of the millions of people who go out and buy his new book when it comes out but if if i
1: constructing comics tweets stephen king
0: well that's true yeah (laughs) Yeah. but like you know we noah and i have developed a lot of uh, relationships through the comics and like it's crazy to me that um you know philip kennedy johnson you know we've developed a relationship with him and we can we can we can message him and he'll message us back and he's been very helpful you know just we we can ask him like industry questions and get like real answers from him and i don't know if you necessarily we could get that in like movies or you know no. you know prose work and stuff like that so i think that so i just want to ask you a question, like do you feel like this is the only industry that you can do that? And do you think that that's a benefit to comic book podcasting and, and people interviewing it in podcasts is the accessibility that we do have to the creators?
1: Um, I I actually do think that as a, uh, see, and this, this was part of my uh, thinking process as well, uh, as, as far as where i wanted to go with the podcast um and i realized that yes i i I do think that comics really are the only place where the the creators of the the source material are as open as as they are um like if you get into let's talk sports for a second the only way you're getting an athlete's attention is if you troll them uh the uh, honestly that goes for pretty much anything else uh when, when you're reaching out socially as a uh Air quote fan. Ninety five percent of the time, you're really only gonna get gonna get the attention of the person you're trying to reach out to if they're one to respond to trolls. Um. Now, when it comes to comics, uh, what one of my favorite things to do is after I read a book or in the middle of reading a book, I'll take a picture of the panel and just put out a tweet saying, holy, sh- this was, this was absolutely incredible. I can't believe what I just saw here, give credit to the creators and all of that. Next thing you know, I'm getting retweeted by them, you know, the, or, you know, and then I, I feel like, okay, well, I just planted a seed, just planted a seed, six months, I'm going to chew them a message. And, you know, now they know they, they've, they they're aware of Cheers to Comics. So I, I I don't think there's any other creator of any other medium out there that's more aware of their fans and how we feel about it than than comics because even with actors they're just playing the part that they're told regardless of whatever so when the, the trolls come out and say well that's not how that should have been the actors on it are like what are they going to do they're not going to rewrite the script uh, studios don't care because they're going to get their billion dollars out of the way with, with comics, they listen, you know, sometimes it might take six months for the, 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 the thing, to the shift in what people are kind of um, seeming that they want, but they also, I feel like they take their time in the right way to make sure they're not just taking a hard, right. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they try to make sense as to how we get there. Like for, let's take, for instance, the dark Hawk phenomenon, I mean, uh, Darkhawk was just a kind of a, a meme and a Facebook group two, year, two or three years ago. Dollar book, fifty cent book, and now all of a sudden, just because uh, people have been memeing it, claiming it, oh, you know, they pick up a Darkhawk book, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's it's a big joke. That they can put their kids through college and all this crap. Now this is the <laughs> new holy grail book. Well, Marvel just acquired licensing rights to Darkhawk um and with dark hawk just being reintroduced into marvel over the last year through guardians of the galaxy playing some heavy cameo parts and guardians of the galaxy people are speculating we're going to get a dark hawk book or a dark hawk um mainstream character now this is a 90s throwaway character that was a complete joke <laughs> now my, my my point to all of that rambling is is the in comics they listen uh even even with well, comic book movies essentially but uh, uh the, the the people that run comic book movies are always uh, they they do try to pull from source material for the most part and they are dealing with like the cb Sobolskis and all of those guys to kind of you know edit in their own you know way uh, but uh yeah so it's, it's in comics they, they they really really do listen um i think the only the only other off the top of my head place that you could get that type of interaction it, is through a very specific genre of film and that's horror now just now that i think about it i think horror um uh, enthusiasts are very very close um but that's that's it all that i could think of i'm not saying that's all that exists but i think that if you want to get into the medium of uh that you can actually interact with the people that you do enjoy then it's comic book creating um and then we've that's beyond just social media you obviously have conventions and so comic book creators don't charge you to stand in line Man. not like not like chris evans and all those other mm-hmm. people you know yeah. it's yeah awesome
0: um yeah there there is another way to get an athlete's attention i have uh, i've been out in washington dc and there's been uh, football players there and magically they they don't want anything to do with a bunch of dudes but like when the wives and girlfriends walk in then then they're interested to come over and uh start talking to you so <laughs> that's that that's true that's yeah, true <laughs> so um but uh no if you want to if you want to queue up the uh the the questions we can uh oh, reverse the tables
2: here yeah Is well, it so I weird think the, I, I think I, I remember them all but I'll, I'll but if i forget one just let me know
1: well, I like they're, they're different for everyone, really. I mean, there's there's two that are, you know, I, I ask every time, but for the most part, I try to make the rest of them. Um, there might be a few that I, I reuse as well. I don't know, just lay them on me, man. It's I'll so lay the ones. I never ones... would have thought to uh, actually prepare for this. I'm... Oh,
2: I, I think I man, I think I know one of them at least, but uh, the answers to one of them. <laughs> um, but the the first do. one, of course, who do you think is the greatest protagonist in comics? Um.
1: I actually have a white bread answer that nobody's given me yet. And I, I, I do think it's Iron Man. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I am a massive Iron Man fan. Uh, he's, he, he's a crappy hero, but as far as being, I mean, he's not a crappy hero, but as far as him being the best protagonist um, and that's kind of where, you know, I, that's why I use that word over hero. Um, be, because Tony Stark creates his own stories. You know, he, he, he screwed up and made Ultron. Now we got an Ultron story. You know, he, he, he had this idea and screwed up this, and now he's doing this. And it's, he just kind of creates his own plots. And the way he... The, we've been so lucky to have so many awesome writers, so many smart writers, because when you're writing a character like Tony Stark, he's got to be smart otherwise it doesn't make sense so you, right. you have to come up with cool ways to get out of your situations and i don't know it's i, I i'm just a, a massive admirer of tony stark and iron man for sure
2: and then your uh favorite antagonist in comics
1: oh uh, man i'm a hardcore kingpin fan yep I remember that's, that 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 that's that's my dude um he's just uh He's just a guy with a backstory and a chip on his shoulder. And um, my my favorite type of villain is one that can, well, doesn't need to be physical to beat you. Mm-hmm. Um, a close runner up for me is actually the Penguin. You know, he, he beats you with his mind, man. He's, he's, he's intelligent, incredibly intelligent, but unsuspectingly intelligent. Um, and that's... That's just something I admire out of a, 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 a antagonist in comics. I, uh, I, 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 man. Yeah, no. Kingpin is my dude though. He's, he's got some, some great people that have, uh, gone up against him in the day. I love daredevil love Spider-Man. So it's, ah, uh, he, and if there was ever a time to be a Kingpin fan right now, it's during Chip Zarsky's
2: daredevil dude.
1: Whew, so good. But yeah, that's yeah. that's
2: my guy. And that leads me into your, uh, to the one question that you asked us, and this might be the one that changes, but your favorite single issue of a comic?
1: Um, it is uh, Joker's Asylum, The Penguin. Um, Tom Taylor, uh, Symer Kadansky. It is just an all-star. All- Tom Taylor is my favorite, uh, my, my number one favorite writer in comics right now. Um, and uh, really just because he puts out such a high volume of stuff and he never has missed with me. he's batting a thousand and he puts out everything and it's always unique and incredible so uh when when i read his my first introduction to him actually was um joker's asylum the penguin and it's it's an underdog story man it's it's a a love story which is 1000 percent the direction i don't go towards in comics um i'm not the guy that chases the love story but for the penguin to be involved in a love story it's a Oh, it's just a, a a thing of beauty, but at the same time, he comes out with his gangster ass self, like the penguin is, and it's just what twenty pages of perfection. And then Simon Kudansky doing the art; it's he's he's just an an incredible, unique artist as well. So it's it's just gold, comic book gold.
2: How many uh, copies of that do you own? Just
1: a couple. a couple. Just a couple. Yeah.
2: Yeah. How many variants were there for it?
1: Just one. There's just no variants. It's no just variance. a just yep. Just a Simon Kudansky uh, a mugshot or not mugshot, but a close-up face shot of the penguin. It's
2: it's beautiful. Does um, that? Do you have it signed yet, or is it a?
1: No, not yet. Uh, I can't wait wait to meet Tom or
2: Simon. I, I I can't wait for that. I've not read much of Tom Taylor. I just actually got on as on to it because I I've read some of deceased, and um I've read uh, read the first issue of his black label constantine yeah book which was really good so i'm excited for issue two which probably is out I just haven't gotten gotten
1: it yet. Read Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. Okay. It's 11 or 12 issues. It was ran or Marvel just randomly stopped putting it out, but I could say that issue 6 of Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man is a very close runner up for one of my all-time favorite single issue stories. Um once again, it's a Tom Taylor book. You know, it's it's not just because it's Tom Taylor. It, the dude legitimately knows how to write a 20-page book. Um so yeah, now Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man would be my first recommendation of diving into them
2: awesome
0: you had also asked us a question about like in the future we're getting a ringo award so let's just say you know 5 10 15 years from now we're at baltimore we're at the uh the ringo awards and you're getting an award uh what 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 do you want to be to be said associated with that award
1: oh man um oh I've never thought about that i i, I go on to say that I, I i actually got nominated for a discover pods award this year and oh, that, that blew my mind yeah no i um i was Very up cool. against uh lavar burton <laughs> um uh lavar burton won <laughs> uh but just God, great, just great, hearing bro. that um uh getting that my second year in i it I wanted to drop to my knees, man. That that really was incredible. But uh, to to actually have the day where I get to to give the thank you speech, um, to be recognized in comics, not just podcasting, Uh, because I would imagine that's what the Ringo speech would be—is to be recognized as a comic book journalist, not a podcaster. Right? I don't know. That's just a guess. It's not a thing yet. It could be. Um, So, really. Man, I I I would probably just freeze like I am now. (laughs) Uh, No, it it, just it it would really be um, uh, gratitude towards uh, the the, the creators. That's all it would be. I I would be this. I would be absolutely nothing without the people that made these books, Um, uh, and you know the the, the people that that recognized um, uh, what I'm doing for the end or attempting to do for the industry. I'm not saying I'm rocking any boats right now, but uh starting to get a wiggle, I think. I think. Um yeah, I I don't know. It's it I guess I, I go into it humbly. I do. I'm my I have very, very little selfishness out of this, um, other than wanting perfection from something. That's that's it. That's yeah, I'd cool. say
2: I would introduce you as saying you wear your love for your you would wear your love for comics well and it's on your sleeve at the same time so it's like you know you just you you exude this passion that makes other people excited about it you know and that's
1: well it, it, it's that's funny important. that you say that because um i don't know if you, there's going to be any video for this at all but uh 99 of the time I'm, I'm i'm caught in my leather jacket and i literally have comic book badges on my <laughs> nice. sleeve so i literally wear my love for comics on my sleeve <laughs> nice nice
0: Awesome. Well, um, Brian, so let everybody know, um, uh, obviously the podcast is probably on all podcasting oh, yeah, platforms it's and it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, right?
1: Monday, middle of the weekish, Friday, you know, okay. so uh, the, the, Tuesday, Wednesday ish. It, it really just, like I said, it kind of depends on how thick the stack is. I don't want to rush anything. I always want the best out of it. Um, so yeah. Uh, but you can always count on a solid Monday, Friday release for sure. Cool.
0: And are you on all the socials uh, at, at Cheers to Comics? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I, I I have at Cheers to Comics on Twitter. That's my favorite way to interact with people. But I also have a Cheers to Comics Facebook group and a Facebook page as well. Um, I have a YouTube page. Uh, none of my actual podcast material goes up on YouTube. I try to be a purist in the sense of a podcast and keep it strictly audio. But as far as. Uh, having YouTube content. I, I I do a couple of subscription box unboxings on YouTube, uh, but I, I, I like to prove to people uh, what I bring home every week. It's not so much as showing off, but uh, showing what there is on, on Wednesdays when Mm -hmm. I come home. Um, and once again, maybe go over some speculation that's developed throughout the week. So I kind of do a new comic book day haul weekly for the most part. Um, so I, I do have a YouTube channel, uh, but, uh, instagram kind of sorta it's at the cheers to comics podcast i'll post some stuff on there but for the most part twitter's the place to find me i do invite everybody to the facebook group though that's a lot awesome. of fun in there
0: yeah well we're gonna link uh we're gonna link to all of that in our show notes uh awesome so man. For thank people you people to find it well um brian it was great to to have you on it was awesome you know as we said earlier, this was the first podcasters interviewing podcasters podcast that we've done. That was a lot of podcasts in that sentence, but uh it was a lot of fun. Um, and it's been great. Um, we were we were just sort of looking through your the list of your guests, and it's it's amazing to see that we all sort of run in the same circles and then once we finally get you know we we see each other's names and different things but it's great to just get to to meet people and talk and just really enjoy uh the love of comics and you know looking behind you at all of your comics looking at behind noah and all of his comics and then Uh my stuff behind me i can see that we're all sort of uh kindred spirits together so it's been a lot of fun so
1: well, this has been all my pleasure. It is so nice to sit back and not have to look at my notes and just kind <laughs> of no. relax. You guys have been amazing, like you always are. This isn't your first rodeo interviewing someone, but I'm proud to be the the cherry popper as far as the first uh, comics interviewee. Uh, I'm, I'm digging the heck out of that, man. And I know you guys stayed up extra late for me with the time changes. So I uh, I, I appreciate your your everything. Bringing me on was incredible. Thank you.
0: Oh, no worries, Um hey, yeah, maybe uh, maybe we can do this again in the future. Maybe if there's uh, something that we all want to read and break down together on like one of like similar to your sort of uh, trade debriefs or trade negotiations, we could all we could all get together and, and try to try to do that or something.
1: Let, let's do it, man. I I, I see plenty of uh, constructing Cheers to Comics crossovers in the future. Awesome. Sounds yes. good. All awesome. right.
0: Well, uh, for anybody that wants to follow our podcast, we are on social media. We're on Twitter at Constructing Com- I'm sorry, Construct- Constructing Comics Pod. Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod. Facebook and YouTube is Constructing Comics. And for once, I don't have any Kickstarters to uh, to pimp here at the end. That's no, we're, weird. We're, we're all done after three months of uh, yelling out our, our Kickstarters. At Could the we end, kickstart so.
2: something right now? I feel
0: weird.
1: Let's do it. I'll i for over right now i'll I'll fire up my end of the recording let's uh let, let's do a pitch come on let's yeah, let's, yeah come let's on create let's create a kickstarter right now right now live. yeah <laughs> awesome. um how's the lettering going on that Noah? coming along it's it's awesome. slow but it's, it's coming along yeah yeah it, uh, so the dino thrashers
0: inside yeah inside uh uh preview we got uh we got two colored pages back today they look really awesome so we're uh we're, we're, we're plugging through and uh, it should, uh, we're, we're looking to be on schedule, which is something that we're really striving for here. That's, 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 that's awesome, man. I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again. Nice. And uh, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, please be nice, be safe, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you.